We serve an awesome God. You know, there's sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we forgot forget about how awesome our God is. Sometimes we begin to think about God in the ways we think about everything else in this world. We begin to think about God in this this common, everyday fashion. And we lose sight of who God is. We lose sight of how great God is because He becomes commonplace to us. He becomes just another person in our life, right? Another thing. You know, when the Israelites were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back, uh, there was a time when it was about to fall off of a wagon and a, a guy reached up and put his hand on it to steady it, right? He had the best intentions, right? He's just trying to help out, just trying to keep this thing from falling off. But you see, he tried to handle something holy in a common fashion. He, he tried to handle something that was uh, sanctified, by God, something that was sacred, something that was just undefiled in a common fashion. And sometimes we try to deal with God like that. We try to deal with God on our terms. We try to we try to imagine what God is and what He's capable of, and we put Him in this box, right? But God can't be held in a box. God can't be measured by any means you try to measure Him by. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Y'all, what I want to talk to you about today is this revelation of what God is. You see, Isaiah is seeing God here. And what's the first thing that happens when he sees God. Well, first he hears these creatures praising God, right? Crying out how holy God is. And the next thing you see is you see Isaiah examine himself in the context of being in the presence of God, right? He sees God and how holy He is. Y'all know what holy means? Pure, undefiled. Perfect. He sees God and immediately he compares himself to God. He says, man, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. You see, he sees all of his inadequacies right then because he gets a glimpse of what God really is. Who God is. How great God is, especially compared to himself. You see, we, we handle God commonly sometimes. We, we think God is dependent upon our perception of Him, but He's not. God is so much greater than us. He's so much holier than us. You see, we're told in Peter, be ye holy for I am holy, right? That's what God told us to be. But in all of my holiness, I don't even come close to what God is. You see, sometimes we get that mentality in our head that, well, I'm doing pretty good. Most people consider me a holy person, right? And you start to sometimes kind of think, maybe you don't all do this, but sometimes you kind of think, well, maybe I'm okay now. I'm doing all right, right? But then you you realize all of a sudden you've forgotten How great, how awesome, how mighty, how perfect God is. You begin to compare yourself to this ideal of God, not His true nature. And then you get a glimpse of Him, like Isaiah did. And you say, oh, woe is me. (laughs) Y'all listen to me. Church, listen to me. We stand here today. Most of y'all have served God most of your life. Most of you think you have a pretty good idea of God's nature. And the Word tells you about God's nature. But we also have a lot of preconceived notions about how God feels about things. We also have a lot of preconceived notions about what makes God holy. 
And I want you all to understand something today. Everything you've thought of in the past is, is nowhere near what He is. You see, Isaiah stood there and he saw God. And you know, I don't know if he saw the fullness of God, but he saw enough to recognize his faults and his inadequacies. You see, if you start to compare yourself to the world's ideal of God, if you start to compare yourself to to even sometimes your own ideal of God, you may come up short, but not nearly as short as if you compare yourself to the real thing. God is so... Man, listen, I can't even put it in words. He is so holy. He's so pure. There's nothing in Him. See, we, it's hard for us to comprehend that kind of purity. I look at my kids sometimes and... You know, especially when they were babies, they just seemed so pure, right? But it's not even close. That's, that's my best example I can come up with. And you'll see a kid from a young age do things wrong. They, they do things they shouldn't do. That's not God. That's, that's being in a fallen world. That's taking on that sin nature that you're born into. You see, He's so much more pure than that. He's so much more holy than that. And when we try to handle Him in a common way, all we do is lower our expectations of what God is capable of. There's a song I've listened to this week and... I'll just be honest with you. It's the inspiration for what I'm telling you today. The name of the song is, What Do I Know of Holy? As I listened to that song, I was reminded of that. I was reminded that God is so much holier than I can imagine. He's so much greater than anything I can conceive of. I don't know if this is coming across to you the right way today. But y'all, I began to think about that. I was reminded of, of how at times in my life I've, I've got a glimpse of God. Not a physical seeing God, but I've, I've gotten a glimpse of God's power in my life. All it takes is a little bit. And every time that's happened, the first thing that comes to my mind is, I'm a sinner. I'm filthy. It doesn't matter where I am in my life at that point. I may have been living the best I ever have ever in my life. And all of a sudden, I'm convicted of sin in my life because of His power. Because of His presence, because of His holiness, you can't handle God commonly. You can't treat Him like He's just another person. He's not going to bend and form Himself to your little box of an ideal of what He is. He is way greater than that. He will not fall into your mold. But if you let Him, He will mold you.
you look at this thing we've read, and you see that Isaiah examines himself and sees that he's a sinner. He sees himself for what he is in comparison to who God is. And then he gets a glimpse of salvation. He sees what it means to be purified by God. What does he do then? He says, here I am, God, send me. You see, there's a point in our walk with God that we're used to what we think of Him. We get used to that, but there comes a point where where you're transformed because you you see something greater than what you could have ever imagined. And you repent. You say, God, I know I'm not what I need to be. I know I'm not what I should be or what I can be. And, And God, I want You to forgive me. Just cleanse me because I'm not worthy to even be in Your presence. But then the first thing that you want to do then is, God, what can I do for You? What can I do for You? You see, He has that kind of effect on you when you come into His presence. Some people wonder, why do, why do those Christians want to serve God? Why do they want to give their self to Him? And you know, there may even be Christians that wonder why some other Christians are so up on God. Why do they want to carry their Bibles around with them all the time? Why are they always preaching God to everybody? You know why? Because they saw something that you haven't seen. They've experienced something with God that you may have never seen or you may have forgotten about. It's the presence of God that keeps you understanding who He is. When you get out of His presence, you lose your frame of reference. Because there's nothing in this world that is even close. Let me give you an example. I've always struggled with trying to estimate distances. Well, how tall is this house? Well, I don't know, 20, 30 feet. No, it's like 15. I've always struggled with those kind of things. So I have to, what I have to do is I have to find something that I know the height of, right? I know this thing is 10 feet. So it's about two of those. Right? I have some sort of frame of reference to draw on so that when I go to estimate something else, I can say, well, I know what that is, so this must be around this much. Right? Well, when you begin to, to try to compare God to something that you already know, that all washes away. It just, it means nothing. So when you get outside of the presence of God, y'all listen now, there's a lesson to be learned here. When you get outside the presence of God, what does that mean? It means you said, I think I can do this on my own. I'm doing pretty good. When you get outside of His presence, you lose all frame of reference. 
There's nothing in this world, there's no natural thing that comes close to comparing to what God is. So when you try to say, well, I think God is like this, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're not even close, man. And when you try to say, well, God has, um, God can probably do this for me, you're wrong. He can do so much more. That's why Paul said, abundantly above what you can even ask or think. Do you understand what that means? It means you can't imagine how great God is. You can't put into words how awesome He is and what He can do. So don't even try. Somehow I'm having a pretty hard time today conveying this message to you just because God is so awesome. I can't even find words to relay to you what He has done for me. Just me. That's how great He is. I'm not talking physical size. Let's face it, God can be any size He wants to. He was at one time a baby on this earth. He can be any size He wants to be. Physical size doesn't matter. I'm talking about His qualities. I'm talking about His character. His power. If you've ever felt God work in your life, all of a sudden you catch a little glimpse of what He can do and you just fall to your knees in awe of Him. Has He ever stopped you like that before? Y'all, He stopped me dead in my tracks before and I couldn't move. That's how great and mighty He is. You know what? I didn't even try to move. I don't know if I could have moved or not. Mentally, He had me stop. Right? There wasn't a time to resist God. God is there. You better listen. You see, when you come into His presence, your physical faculties all of a sudden don't even matter anymore. Why am I telling you this today? Why do you need to hear this today? I want you to leave this place today reminded that, first of all, foremost, God is holy. God's holy. We had some kids come over here this week and and practice for our next youth night. And uh, I came in here and, you know, they're in here just being kids. And they weren't, they weren't being disrespectful yet. I didn't give them that opportunity. I said, listen, guys, I, I'm glad y'all come. I want y'all to come and practice. I'm, I'm, I'm wholly support what y'all want to do. I said, I just want to remind you before y'all even get started. Y'all have fun, but this is the house of God. Don't forget that. Treat it like you're just like you're in church, because you are. This is His house. Treat it with all the respect it deserves. You know why I tell them that? Because I want them to. Rem- I want it to stick in their head. This is a holy place. You know, during our youth night, they have games and they have fun up here. But you know what? This is the house of God. 
Man, this is this is a place to be honored, a place to, that's sacred. And you know, you look at the the Old Testament. They talked about that temple, and there was the holy of holies. You know what that meant? That was as holy as it could get. Right? You can't get no holier than that on this earth. That was the holiest place ever. The priest just were almost afraid to even go into this place. They would tie a rope around them so that if they didn't do something just right, you know, it kind of makes you afraid of God. Well, you ought to be afraid of God. There's a reason to fear the Almighty God. Let me tell you, another part of that song I listened to this week, the girl said at the beginning, I don't even fear you. That's in my words. But then she realized she ought to fear God. You see, we, we get so comfortable with God. We learn all these stories about Him. We, we learn how great and mighty He is and we can repeat those things over and over and we get comfortable with it. But that is not God. That's our best attempt at trying to get an ideal of what He's like. It's okay to tell stories. It's okay to hear about what happened and the things that God did, the great and mighty things He did. It's wonderful. You need to know it. But don't let that be your only uh, uh, ideal of God. Understand that that's just a glimpse of Him. That's just a little bit. That's just a portion of what He can do and what He will do. You know, there was a time when Satan thought that he could overtake God. You want to see how big this problem can be? Here's Satan, at the time was known as Lucifer, standing in heaven, right, with God, had known Him, knew His power, Knew how great he was. And all of a sudden he gets this wild idea that he's just as strong as God. I can take him. Right? And you think we can't get that same notion? You think that we can't sometimes still maybe not decide we can overtake God, but we can just do it without him. He's not, you know, God's good, right? But I can handle this. And see, what happened is is Satan tried to get him a little army together. Thought, well, we'll just go in there and we'll just take this guy out and I'll be God. People will worship me then, right? But you see, God had revealed Himself to Satan. Satan had seen a portion of God's strength. But I want you to understand a concept that ought to stick with you forever because God always holds back more than He ever reveals. You see, He only reveals as much as you can stand to understand. And even Satan, because, you know, Satan is a a, a pretty mighty created being, right? 
He's up there. He's, he's pretty, pretty powerful. I would imagine he's pretty intelligent, right? He couldn't comprehend how great God was. See, if he really understood how great and powerful and, and holy God was, he would have never tried what he tried. So God had hidden more than he'd ever revealed. You know, Moses wanted to see God. Moses wanted to see Him. God said, you can't bear to see Me. He said, I'll just let you see My hind parts. I'll let you see Me after I've walked by. Right? That's all He could bear to stand. I want you to remember that. And the next time that you're praying, the next time you're seeking God for something, remember You've never seen God's full capability. You can't imagine the power God has. So when you, when you begin to doubt the next time, when you begin to lose faith and you begin to say, well, maybe, maybe God can't do this. I want you to remember He has held back far more and He's ever revealed to you about His strength and His power. So remember God is holy. Remember He's pure. He is undefiled. There is no corruption in Him. And anything that you can imagine about Him doesn't even scratch the surface to how great He is. Let that be your driving force in renewing your faith. Remember He's great, and He is greatly to be praised. There is none higher. No one can take His place. Y'all need to tell Him that sometimes. Tell Him, God, nobody can take Your place. That's how great He is, y'all. I'm going to reread verses 5. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He's the King. Man, that becomes so cliche sometimes. He is the King. He's, he's, He's ruler over everything. 